2: Welcome to Future Riches Podcast. I'm Barbara Ginty. I'm your host. I'm also a certified financial planner. And today we have a very special episode. We for the 20th anniversary of the 9/11 attacks, we are having my uncle, my uncle Jack, um, come on to talk about his experience as a firefighter during the 9/11 attacks. Um, so, hi, Uncle Jack. Hey, Bob. Good. How are you?
3: Doing great. Doing great.
2: Maybe we could start out with giving a little background so the listeners can get to know you a little better, but you started out actually as a police officer and then switched to the fire department, right?
3: Correct. I went on the police department October 63, and I switched to the fire department on November 29th, 1969.
2: Okay. So six years as a police officer. Yes. Wasn't really your thing though.
3: No I, I, as I told you, I did six years. never gave
2: up a ticket. <laughs> you weren't a good I'm cop.
3: out of that. They weren't.
2: <laughs> um, so then you became a firefighter. You had a long career, and then at a certain point you went into the union, which is yeah. we fast forward. I,
3: I, came on, I was assigned to NG42 in the South Bronx. Uh, that's when the Bronx was burning. Yeah you know,
2: 70s. Yeah, the black. 70s in New York were really bad.
3: Yeah, especially in the South Primes. We, we did, like, 9,000 runs that year, which was actually more runs, and I don't remember, but it was in the
4: paper. And, like, the combined departments of, like, six
3: or seven southwestern states.
2: Oh, my gosh. All
3: in their farms.
2: And wasn't that when the time frame? And so you didn't... Did you not use oxygen then? Wasn't it different?
3: Well, yeah, yeah that came out... The so scuba tanks, they're actually just there. They're not oxygen.
4: Oh, okay. But
3: uh, the thing was, we were doing, at, probably averaging somewhere near 25 runs a night. So if you used it, you'd lose them. I mean, you had four of them on, and five of them. So when we'd go to fires, we one guy would carry the mask It was in a box. And if it was a situation that we had to make some real back room and there was no other way to make it, one guy would mask up the it. because what would happen is if you use them,
4: they'd be gone by the first one and they'd have
3: no uh, uh, mess left. So we didn't use them.
2: So you didn't use them at all? Because isn't that standard now that you use them?
3: Yeah, they use them for, like, I, I, I don't, it's probably right, but I see them doing it at car fires. I mean, we go to buildings where a lot of more abandoned buildings, most of them are.
1: And uh, there'd
3: be two or three floors on fire. And you, but you you learn learn how to live in a fire situation, I worry about young firemen that have done nothing but the mess, Nothing. So if you get into a situation in, in a fire where you, you can't see. You, you know, but you see on television, the movie isn't what it's like. It's just pitch black and extremely hot. I mean, you're laying flat in your stomach, crawling in. If you were to stand up, you'd be dead. I mean, that's how hot it got. Oh, my gosh. So, the thing is, if one of these young guys got trapped, and that happened a lot, and the mask ran out, you know, it, it, there were different ways in it that we learned, I mean, almost so that you could uh, open a refrigerator, yeah, it would be okay there, you could actually suck air out of couches and
4: cushions and stuff. Really? But, yeah, no, it didn't happen, but the thing was, these guys were the best in the world at what they did. I mean, there was no,
3: no equal, not just mine, all of the finance. Is there. So if you got trapped, you know, if, if, if you get there and they say there's, you know, somebody trapped in the back or a child or something, you, 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 as we
4: say, you get low and you go, you just tear in there. A lot of times there were cases where you couldn't get back. So you would have to
3: depend on the guys with you and say, oh, we're going to put this out. But it worked. But you learn how to live in very, very precarious situations.
2: Well, yeah, I would think nine thousand fires in one year would give you. Yeah, it was around there, it might yeah. be
3: a little less, a little but it was it was around that amount.
2: Um, and so that's when you, fir- you that's how you started your career. So you switched from the cops and went through the burning of the Bronx, which is a
4: yeah.
2: for a lot of our listeners who probably never heard of it. The the city was really bad in the seventies, and as you said, the Bronx was basically on fire the entire time.
3: So, they they yeah. actually made a, a, a television show that they had me wired up, I think was called, it originally was going to be called The, the Bronx's is Burning. This is when I first met a lieutenant, uh, uh, Bill Moyes made it, uh, it a
4: newsman, and they changed it to the fire next door, oh. because the Bronx is Burning, I guess, was a little too flashy. <laughs> that's how it went.
2: And then fast forward. So you were a firefighter for how many years before you went, you went into the union and that, and then yeah, that I will told, take
3: us into 9 yeah, I went to the union in
4: 1988
3: or 89, but I still did my night tours. My, I, the way the, the chart was, you did two day tours and you were off and then you did two night tours. Okay. But the night tours were 15 hours a piece, day tours were fine. So when I went in, Uh, I had excusal for the two day tours because I'd be at the union office. And then at night, I would go to firehouses, which I was glad. I actually liked going there. But eventually, I got elected to be the vice president. And uh, then I had full excusal. So I was only doing the union job.
2: And when did that start?
3: Somewhere in, like, 93. Somewhere in there. know, I don't remember the exact years. But 93, I...
2: And the purpose you, of the union was to protect the firemen, right? To to fight right, for their right.
3: their, safety. their
2: safety and
3: you would do it, negotiate, you know, contracts. You would negotiate contracts for the medical coverages and things like that.
2: Okay. And so, where were you the morning of nine eleven?
3: I was in the office. What happened, that was a uh, primary day. Okay. Primary, it was a Tuesday. So I stayed over that night. I slept on the couch in the office because I had to coordinate all the political action that we were doing for all the candidates and all the five boroughs. So what happened was I would I get up around six thirty in the morning to take a shower because then the office people would come in.
4: -hmm. And One of the girls came in and said to me airplane just hit the World Trade Center. We're one block away. We're on Broadway, that's on Church Street, right around the corner. Okay. So
3: I assumed at that time, it's going to be like a small plane that Pike covers
2: Right, because uh, for people who aren't listening, that had happened before, where a small plane had hit a building, like a personal yeah, and,
3: plane. Yeah, that, that happened somewhere else. A plane that actually hit the Empire State Building, Obama, uh, I guess it was during World War II, but... Uh, that didn't knock down the building. Yeah. Without going is, it, it was get, that was a different construction that's called skeletal construction. So if you look at buildings being built in the CBI and you see the iron going up, it looks like square boxes. How mm-hmm. buildings were built. The World Trade Center was built in a way that didn't come to New York City code. They, they called it core construction, where at the core of the building, think of a square, that would be where the elevators are.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It, outside walls. And that would be the barren, oh. the barren walls. So uh, that, they built that, they did a, uh, a floor a day when they built it. So how they built it was or they would just prefab everything on the ground and just put it in. So there were no structures. So when that plane went through, there was nothing to, to prevent it from going completely through until it hit the core.
2: And how did you know about the construction? Is that something that all firemen knew, how buildings are built? Yeah, or...
3: so when you study it, you know, that's one of the major parts of the study, it's called building construction, because that tell, by learning it, you learn how fire progresses up okay. through, I, I don't even know what you would call them, but the pipe recesses, mm-hmm. uh, if you've ever been in an apartment where a closet is in the corner, you know, a corner, that's a recess because... If you take the ceilings out of them, it'll go right to the roof. Okay. And I, I mean, to give you an example, if you had a fire in the basement, this you know, the first engine truck would go in there. The, the roof man, the next would go to the top floor because it's in the basement that fire would break out on the top floor because all the heat will go up through those recesses, hit what they call the floor. thats the space between the ceiling and the top floor—and okay. get in there and it expands horizontally. So. Okay. So it's very knowledgeable. You don't you know, study it in the fire academy when you go, and when you're new, you knew you called a probie, and you're with the officer. And every fire we went to, after it was over, we would talk about how did it go up, place, how could we have done this better?
2: Okay, you did like a reconnaissance, like went over everything.
3: Yeah, you go all over.
2: So the morning of 9-11, you're in the union office, which is right around the corner from yeah. the World Trade Center. Right. And someone says to you
3: one of the it- girls said to me a plane So I said, Oh, I better get around there. And I came out and I made, turned turn the corner and there's a thousand people rushing up like a mob, a whole street full of people. And I look up and I can see where the plane went into the world, to the tower. And it went out on a swing at a forty-five degree angle. And you could tell then it was a UJ line. You've seen that. And I, I remember to this day, every time I see a day, it's completely cloudless, I always think. it's like the World Trade Center. There wasn't a cloud.
2: It was a beautiful um, morning, right?
3: It was a beautiful morning. And I, I remember thinking, gee, this guy could have put that plane down in the harbor if he just, you know, inched it over a couple of feet. So at that point, I thought it was a, an accident, a, mm-hmm. a plane going down. And as I'm walking down the street, I look over on the left, there's a church. It's been in, in all the uh, the movies, programs, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And there's a, a a cemetery there, a graveyard. And I see the from one of the engines. That's the, the metal cover that goes over the engines. Yeah. As I get to the corner, there's two FBI guys there, they have FBI jackets on. And I just mentioned to them, I said, you know, the for that engine is in the graveyard. And they brought me. And a guy in the suit, who must have been there, was an old man, came over and said, what? He told him, get over there and mark it. So now I'm standing on the corner looking at it. Uh, I'm going through the plaza that's out in front.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: and the, That's when the second plane hit. And that came from the south. So I'm on the north side of that. Yep. Of that. So I didn't see the plane. I just thought, it, so, it, like, every amount of certain amount of floors are called HAVs. That's where they had the air conditioning, yeah. And I thought maybe someone put you know explosives and blew it up. That's how it looked. But people were coming back you know, on fire and stuff like that. That's when I realized why right, we got a, something else going on. It is, and uh, basically, people were trapped not trapped, they were behind the glass doors. They were uh, doors that turn
2: turnstiles, yeah.
3: Turnstiles. Uh, and if you didn't get them open, they going to press against. So there were the fire. We got that open. We got people.
2: So, and this was on which building you went to help get the doors open? That
3: would have been, uh, at that time, it would have been the Northern Tower.
2: Okay.
3: Yeah. And I get i on people are going out.
2: Are you I'm in? Because with a union, you're not in uniform. Did you just have a fire department? Well,
3: I had a jacket. Got it. Uh, Which we had uh, said fire, New York City Fire, fire officer. Okay they wouldn't let you in the building. Right. I, go, I go through the building and I see most still people, but they're coming out in an orderly fashion and with people directing them. Beneath the entrance level is a mall, mm-hmm. which stores. I'm sure you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so I okay, feel, let me get down there. And then there's trains coming in from Jersey. Yep. And I'm feeling this is like... Around nine o'clock, 9 there somewhere in here, 9 There's people coming in. If they'd been on trains, they had no idea. Right. So, as I get down into the mall, I run into a, a chief of Dennis Evelyn. Uh, Dennis had been a fine for me in the Bronx. So, I see him and we just like looking. For, I don't remember getting past something while that was the bed or something like that. And he has a bunch of flying I said, Look, I'm going to head over to the lobby and see if I can get up there. I, I know uh, all you he could hear with fire
4: trucks coming. Right.
3: And he, he goes, you know what? Let me take another little quick walk around. Oh no, we get down there to the trains, and there's a train in, and it isn't open, and there's nobody on the platform. platform. So there's, uh, I, I guess the guy who conducted. It, he said, "Oh no, take the train, take the train back." We went back to Hoboken, and then we come up, and that's when when I said I'm going to go over. He said, "I'm going to take a sweet make Never saw Dennis again. To the state they haven't found Dennis all those guys. The reason I tell you, I had just pure luck that day that everybody that was with me got killed, except me. And it was nothing to do, which I, I think, you know, I was in Ireland, New Zealand, but explaining all this stuff is just pure luck. You know, people would say to me, Well, you had all like it, it had nothing to do with that. Yeah. It was just luck.
2: You made a right and he made a left.
3: It, just like if I had said, All right, I'll take a walk with you or I'll help with you. Yep. I wouldn't do that if he had come with me he he would have been alive at least to forever. But but that that's just how it broke. No
4: nobody did anything wrong or I did something right just right. the way it worked. Uh, so
2: you're you were underground then? When you said to Dennis, he said he's going to take these firemen and go this way. And you said, I'm going to do another yeah. sweep that way. I'm,
3: I'm going to go over to uh, the building, the Highlights building. Yep. Uh, we're under the building. You got to go through a big, long lobby to get over to the to the actual building, as we recall. Yep. And so I go through there. I get find some people. I got out. Here, out. Uh, one of the doors exploded off the uh, elevator because I guess the gasoline busted. So the plane must come down and then whatever the you might it blew one the doors or I get a whole bunch of people there they're looking to go yeah
2: where were down. you where well, were you sending people because you didn't really know what was going on
3: yeah no I knew how to get them out of the building okay you know, these people are coming down and it, it's something that anybody can get anything uh, useful out of what I say today people will always leave a building Oh, the right. same way they came in. They were always that's there. just
2: psychology, and, right? Like you always yeah. go back to the way, because you have always taught me, because I went and worked in New York City after, was you always taught me to identify the exits when you first get onto a floor.
3: That's exactly right. Because we did things <laughs> later, and that was when I went to a floor, and one was, I think, sitting back, I had them say, okay, everybody go out, everybody went to the door. Mm-hmm. People were leaving to go to a door that's, a floor away when there was an exit. Uh, so they went, went just to get people out. No big deal. They they went out. And now I come out of the building, and now there's hundreds of fine trucks all over the place. And the uh, commissioner, who uh, was the uh, deputy commissioner, Fiend was there, Pete Gansy, who was chief of the department, and a guy in, uh Timmy Stackpole. And Timmy had gotten hurt in Brooklyn, the building collapsed. Well, he was in a that burnt really bad. So he was working his way back as an aide to, I think, to Billy really Fitt, to Chief thing, uh, Commissioner Fitt. So as I come out, I'm, I come over and I see Pete Gancy, and Pete says to me, Pete and I will find him, we got the He the rocks. He said, Jack, I need to stay here. We've got to get this under control because guys are just showing up with all in, Yeah. And if you don't have a, some sort of... Uh, supervision or setup so uh, you know where people are if you had to go get them. So meanwhile finally they all want to get in. They want to go to work. And we're just saying, look just, just back down here. We get everybody to get we all gonna get
4: in, you know. And there's uh I think it's called the World Financial uh
3: building the, the one with the glass top. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a garage there. So they're backing into the garage. if we get them there, there's one way out we When I say control, Pete would be controlling. As I get there, we have a board set up outside. I go turn, and there's a a girl from the FBI. I I don't know what she looked like. I know she had a red ponytail. And I look up, and the building's coming down. And it looked like what you'd see, like a mushroom cloud. And it's just sliding along, like someone sliding. Did
2: it feel like it was slow motion when you looked
3: up? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know it was slow motion, uh, but you just react, and I I see it, and she's like looking straight up. So I go and I grab around, shoulder, waist, whatever, and get into the garage, and I can hear stuff, you know, debris here. I realize we gotta get down there and kill here. And there was an SUV parked against the wall, and when you learn about collapse, the strongest part is the bearing wall. Okay. So, I think well, if we died, then he had be between this SUV and the wall, and then the thing hits. You know, you hear it. Hit.
2: What did it sound? Know. What did it sound
3: like? People ask that all the time. It, it, it just like being in the middle of an explosion. Like people say, like a freight train. It was just unbelievably loud and vibrant. Do you? I
2: feel like in movies they say after that you can't hear. You just hear ringing it's so loud. No, no, it wasn't
3: that. It wasn't that. But I I remember, like, if I saw this girl, I couldn't tell you what she looked like. I never saw her face. She was down. I got down, you know, pushed down that thing. And I just waited. uh, Now the garage went down. I could down the bottom of the garage and there's people there. And I'm in like a lobby and there's like doors all over, like five doors, four doors. I don't remember. And we're trying to figure out which one goes to the financial center because we can't get out the way we come in. So anyway, they find a way. I open the door and I see a rope tied to a doorknob. That's how you search large areas. We call it a search rope. With the same rope, you go off a roof with. Okay. But you stretch it so you have a way to find your way back. Okay. Because at this point, it's pitch black. I mean, you can't see your hand, but it's full of, I uh, guess, not smoke, but uh, ash, you yeah, know, ash. The cloud. cloud. And uh, this kid, Jimmy down, it's fine. So I said, Jimmy, I think we have people in here. So I said, i will go along the rope, and we'll see what's there. And he wants to know. I said, Jimmy, you need to stay by the door in case I can't find my way back. So I go along this rope, i yelling at anybody. He had nobody here. Oh, I, I, I see two findings. So I said, you know, just put your hand up and i take you back. And they would have found it themselves. So I I get near the end, I'm yelling, nobody. now I think I hear something. And I yell at it now, I hear somebody yell. So now I have to leave the rope to go find this person. And you try to go in, in direct straight lines because you can re- do that coming back, yeah. you know, write it on tangents. Long story short, I go, I crawl into like a hallway and somebody grabs a huge and he's
5: screaming at the top of his lungs, to die, you to die
3: and all that. And what you learn is don't say anything, because after a while, they go, oh, do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> so I just said to him, basically, look, you know, if you shut up, and get you out of here. But if you're going to panic, you're not coming out. The reason I'm bring that, I go along the road, find the road, get out of the door. And he was a, a black guy, huge. I think he had a ba- he had a badge. I think it might have been made his office. But I'd say he was 6'4", 300. pound big guy. And he's got me by the arm. So we go, I find a door. We go, we're a financial sign. Initially, I think I told you one time. I think I start to go across and some of the glass lets go. But it, it was 70 feet from me, sir. So that's when I realized you better stop paying attention here. And Anyway, I get this guy out. We, there's a big plaza back there, building. And uh, he, he's bleeding. A very, nothing abandoned right would handle. But he won't be I no, just get me in. But the reason I tell you, like Gansy and he and Stackpole, that guy was with, because I got delayed. I'm now behind him. Right. We, when you come out, we, the uh, Hudson River is behind me. And the West Side Highway, where the buildings are, are, it, it, I don't know how far it's, it, it, it's a city block. They're long city block. Yeah. So I see them and they make a the right hand and turn. At this time, I don't know how much came down. I don't know if just the top of the building came. Right. So if I Because saw, you're
2: taking this man to an ambulance. Or you're trying to yeah, get this he's men- in an ambulance.
3: But that delayed me because, um, so when I get up to the corner, now, the other tower, the North Tower, that first one hit was the last one that came down. So, uh, Fian and Gansey and, and, and a couple of have already gone. Then I see the, the rubble. I realize, you know, the, that building's down. As I start to go into the second building, the one that's standing, a guy, uh, Tommy Fitzpatrick, again, I worked with him in the Bronx, so he was an aide to the commission. He's yelling something from in front of the building, he's directly under and he And they and start,
2: had a command station, is that correct? So they were all no, set up? No, well, that
3: was crushed under the first one. Okay. Thing. So he was, I, I don't know what he was going to say. So I, I, you know, I, I start trotting over to see what, what the plan is. As I get to him, now that building comes down directly under this one. So, and again, I made a mistake. I started to run. I should have run back exactly how I came because there was buildings there. I had yeah. started to run up the, uh, West Side Drive. And as soon as I did, I, I just made a major mistake. But I knew I could not run it. So I told onto a fire truck. And then the whole thing came down and I was buried in there.
4: You were uh, buried
2: the in point there. Point. That, that's where, it, so the first hour you were buried in the garage with the red headed yeah. FBI agent who you have. You don't know who she is, yes. and then from there you you got a gentleman out of the rubble into an ambulance, which delayed you. And you got
3: right, or else when when they went up and made that turn to go to where they went, when the second building came down, there was no way for them to go right. So and I know he, he actually had to capitate under that so It was pretty bad where they were.
2: So and luckily, then... you took this gentleman that you found in the in the garage. Yeah.
3: I would have been right next to him. Right. So hey, no one has made mistakes except me that I know of, the one in the world, financial, walking under the glass. I don't know what I was thinking. And then this thing, I... I so you I, got I, down I, I
2: to remember, that. So you got down to the first building, which was the second to collapse late because of helping a man get into an ambulance. Correct.
3: And if I hadn't run into him, I would have been with Pete
2: And and see. what I think is really interesting is you've never met these people since.
3: You mean, which people, Like oh, the, the, F- guy, the
2: FBI agent yeah. or the guy from the ambulance. Like you've never seen no. them since.
3: Yeah, no, there was no reason
2: to. It's just interesting no. that you w- went through this experience together and then never found each other after. But anyway, so now we get to you're heading back to see your colleague at the the base, basically of the second, the first building hit, second building to come down. And that starts yeah. to come down and you take off running up the west side highway. Mm-hmm. And then it comes
4: down.
3: I realize I'm not going to get that far, you know, or, I don't know how far I got. And uh, I see the rig, I figure I'll, I'll dive on the head. It's the only chance out, you know. And I'm under, under a rig. And it, you've seen pictures of how these rigs were
4: crushed.
3: Mm-hmm. They were a tires, a, a double tires on both sides. Yeah. Just I don't know, a week's weeks I went back, the only tires that weren't blown were the ones I was between. The front was all crushed.
2: So you went under the it's back far- of the rig, the back of the yeah. fire truck.
3: Yeah. So and his rig's parked one next, you know, behind the other. And uh, I remember just that, that. That I remember hearing the sound of that, like the people, like somebody dropping box straws on it, yeah. and the, the ground is shaking. And the uh, I don't know if, if it's the ground or the rig is shaking, but it stops. And I remember. I just thinking, am I alive? Because again, you saw the cloud. I'm, I'm in that now. Right. I couldn't. But I remember touch my finger to my eyes, saying, "Okay." And now saying to myself, all right, stop start paying attention here." You So now I don't know how long a period of time. to feel. I remember thinking there had been a story about a collapse in Mexico City, an earthquake where they found the baby thirteen days later. So I say, well, I remember that. I said, well, I, you might have to be in here a while. And oh, were you, were you by yourself? Yes, I'm by myself then. I, they, they could have actually, I was by I mean, You could have been right next to me. I wouldn't have been able to see you. I couldn't actually see my hand if I touched my nose. That's because it's completely black because of that cloud taking in. So I remember thinking, man, it's getting a little hot here. So I, I crawl out under the rig. I get behind through an opening, and now I'm not behind another, in, in behind, under another rig. Okay. As I'm crawling, I bump into it now, and I hear his mask. He's breathing. The Scott mask is called. So he, I say, you okay? He's, yeah, whatever. We, yeah, yeah, right. I heard, right.
2: And, but you can't we, see and, each other.
3: No, can't see. I can okay. touch him, and he's like, yeah. We, and I, he has the mask on. So I had said to him, you know, it might be a good idea to take that off because you might need it if it gets really bad. You know, uh, what what, you, what I was doing, and you know, he was going to put the shirt or anything over and try to breathe through the shirt to keep the dust. But a, a, anyway, with are And again, I don't remember exactly how this went, but you wanted to go. And I said, no, let's just wait a little while because when glass collapses and the glass pops out, mm-hmm. that stayed up there for a, a, a long period of time. You know, it's like if you flip it, you know, it, it's like Frisbee's. It? Okay. And I said,
4: And
2: is that, da- da- that's dangerous to breathe in glass?
3: Yeah. Well, now, well, I was worried about if we crawled out, this glass came down on Got Ms. it. Okay. So, we, we were in there a bunch, of, you know, crawled, and then we talked, now it's not you get a heat blast. like right? someone opened the door of another, and we realized uh, we gotta go. Now the thing is,
2: How long do you West think North's, you, how do you, how long do you think you were under the fire trucks for?
3: Uh, some around 40 minutes, maybe. Okay. You know, some people said it a little longer, but like, a period of time like that.
5: Okay. But
2: I've
3: I been thinking, all right, got to make sure we're going north because south is into the towers. Yeah,
2: and it was just and, you and one other person then, just this one yeah, fireman.
3: Yeah, uh, and I've seen him. He's a captain today. I've seen him. Oh, He's a okay. redhead guy. He's second redhead guy. Another redhead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so a- a- anyway, I said, you know, as long as we keep our hand on the barrier of the wall uh, right here. then we have to be going north because you can get turned around because some rubble and anyway we get out of it uh and then how
2: you know, long did you have to dig out because wasn't there rubble so
3: they had to move stuff but it wasn't like you're a lot of digging you know okay. you, when, when somebody cleared you could see right certain areas so you went towards that, but uh the thing, we get out, and we go up, and to this day, I
4: don't remember this at all. Uh, I I, he this, I don't know, a week
3: later, our office, we didn't go. We, we were up in Park parking using the lawyer's offices, and I got a call from one note, and he says, uh, I'm calling to thank you, you got me. And I said, no, it wasn't me. He said, yeah, 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 for sure. I said, certainly what I'm telling you, it wasn't me. He, Debris had, had backed up and he was behind the debris, you uh, know, the entrance to a building mm-hmm. went by. He was digging out and had blood. I, I, he said, do you remember telling me to get in the ambulance? I said, I remember saying to somebody, everybody wanted to go right back. I remember saying to him, well, just go in and get 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 cleared, you know, and come back. I remember that, but I don't remember ever getting up at all to this day. I don't remember. And then, like I said, the rest of the day we just went back, you know. So you hopefully find somebody.
2: Yeah. So you dug you and this other fireman dug your way out of being under the fire trucks. Headed north. Yeah. And then once you had a bearing on everything, you went back down to see if you could dig people out of the rubble.
3: Everybody did. Okay. We're all in a certain area, and it, I'll tell you, the fire department's amazing. They immediately, fired our chief department's current commission's gone. They'll see and. Uh, uh, Danny Nigro, who was the commissioner, he was there, that, uh, he was a uh, chief at that time. It just, everybody got together, and I remember saying to Danny, Danny Nigro down in the shot you. so we just all started going back, going on the pot. we called to the park, just to try to see if uh, we could get anybody. Around four o'clock, those guys came out, Chief Pucciata. They were the ones, uh, say, that black woman that was in a wheelchair, they carried it down the those flights, so they were the only ones to come out.
2: Come out of the buildings, over. right? Because no one all- ever
3: came out again. I just remember the horror. You looked at the body parts, was all over the place.
2: I was going to ask you, what what was the worst part of it? You know what it
3: was? No one ever did. When I first got there, was watching the people jump, because... At any fire that I had ever been at, we had people trapped, and we got 90-some-odd percent of them. At least you could do something. You could right. say, well, you could do something. You could try to get up to the fire floor, or whatever. I remember thinking, there's nothing you can do. And I'll tell you, that's something that's never published. I would say 80% of them were women. Because who comes in the office early? Not the executives, the secretaries. So this was... Playing it right before nine o'clock. And I remember a whole group coming out holding hands, you know, and they were all women. You would hear things like, it sounded like thump, and that was a body hit. You hear something about a man or some more. But I remember looking up and they came out and they were holding hands. And I remember, uh, it's like one woman I saw, she was pretty close coming down. I I think I could have, if someone showed me a picture, I might have been able to recognize it, but I remember she had a, like, a gypsy skirt, that's what you call, you know, a wide band, and under remember the phone, she got cut hair, she got hit get one of the battery. so, so it was hard, you know, what was going on, you know, you don't ex- expect to see that.
2: No, and I feel like that's something that people, people talk about people being trapped in the building, but I don't think you hear a lot of people talking about, because it's gory and gruesome and hard to hear, but that there were so many people jumping out of the building. They had no
3: choice. You know, that, when, I, when I was speaking, I spoke in Ireland. That was a bit, had a soccer game. And, uh, oh, oh, on the TV station. I did Good Morning America there. Good Morning Ireland, I guess. And they would say, well, why would they jump? Yeah. I said, because you don't have a choice. I mean, if I told you, stand on this line, and if you don't move, I'll give you a million dollars. And I put a cigarette on your back. You're, you're, you're moving. You, it, it's just, it's, you, you just can't stand. Even five of that jump on Black Sunday, the five guys that jump, you don't have a choice. You, it's, you have a choice.
2: Do you think that was the worst part of it, was seeing
3: that? To me, that? it was. It, was a, 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 it probably wasn't the worst part. So many people dying. But I, I just remember that was the first time that I was in a position on the top. I could do nothing. Right. I could stand, watch it. I couldn't. couldn't, you do, couldn't anything. do anything about it. Yeah.
2: What What would be? This is a question from one of our listeners. Um, what would be one thing you could you wish you could go back and tell yourself um, about that day?
3: Really, there's not much I could tell. You know, it happened to us. Right. It wasn't the result of some action I had taken. saying you know, gee, I should have gone a different way to work today. In, in some ways, I was glad that I was there
4: mm-hmm.
3: because we, I tried to do something, you know, we tried. Right. But, you know, it's just, it, 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 unless you were there, it's something that, that it, it's hard to explain. There, there was a smell to it. And that afternoon, it got really hot, too. I remember how hot it was. And then, you know, that was, like I say, 11, we were there. Like, I stayed there till Sunday. So did everybody else. I, I don't want to keep saying I. You know, we slept on floors and buildings because we kept digging, trying to find. I remember uh, that had Tuesday. I went home Sunday. But somebody helped, but everybody else did. So, you know, we were just trying. I said, what way here? And, and, and I was there for all the lies that Whitman when she was there and said, oh, you can breathe this air, you know. I mean, we even knew, I mean, I remember a whole group of us standing around and just without saying this thing, you know, and she, and she, you know, we do this all the time, don't tell me you can breathe this. You know? Well, yeah, because we, the air- Actually, some of my lungs are shot, you know, that's what I was saying. I, I kept trying to stay, I didn't want to leave finally caught up to me. I mean, just for my injuries, I, I was given disability for cervical spine, lumbar spine, left hip and my lungs. So
2: Well, cause you, how old were you when 9-11? Yeah, you were almost um, at retirement. Yeah. Right? I was what? Weren't you almost to retirement?
3: Yeah. Oh, well, I couldn't retire 20 years. I, I had to get out when I got out. I was probably in my late 50s. Mm-hmm.
2: And then think, they have mandatory yeah. retirement, right? At sixty-five or
3: yeah. Sixty-five. Yeah. I, I did actually the most time of anyway. I came on at twenty-one and out just around sixty-six. So if you count police time.
2: Yeah, if you count the police time, yeah, 40 years.
3: Somebody yeah, even asked me they asked me that on television. Uh, I, I think in New Zealand, and they said, you know, why did you do so much time? I said, because I'm a bit of a moron and I don't have any other skills
2: <laughs> which i don't <laughs> oh. so since we're i mean i think the story is incredible like to hear firsthand what it was like no, no, to it's be incredible than everybody
3: else's i mean no
2: th- but just all the stories that have come out of there for the people that were there and since i can't believe we're coming up on the 20th reunion and what's interesting um and you've talked to my boyfriend's nephew but he was so interested to have talked to somebody who lived through it because he's learning about it in a history book. He has, right. There's a whole generation of children who didn't live through this, where they're just reading about right. it in a book.
3: Yeah. And that, you know, I don't, I just hope they keep the memory of it alive. I mean, we lost 343, fine in that day. It's just fine. Yeah. And uh, I knew most of them and some of them very, very well
2: is the number one so i think the best way we can probably serve for everyone's memory is to keep the memory alive right so that people know yeah, know what happened yeah.
3: and then you know, oh, say september 11 like you know say a prayer for them and their families that was the other hard part with the union now i had to go visit the families you know without going we, we give them a check for ten thousand dollars right away so they can do and i remember it was a lieutenant from the squad in Brooklyn went, and I was talking to my wife, and a little boy came up and said to me, "Oh, my daddy's the fireman." And I was there. That 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 hurt. That we we had ninety three officers killed that day, so we broke it up among guys. So I had eleven of them. I, I did them all in one day. I started at seven in the morning, noticed that, and I was going to leave, and I just didn't. I knew if I left, I didn't want to come back and do it. So I just did it until about 11 o'clock that night just because I didn't want to do this again right it was just horrible and
2: that was you going to visit the families of those
3: lost? yes To let them know this is what the pensions would be this is what we would do if you had any problems we had camp- uh, just whatever the program was
4: right but
3: like, the, the women were unbelievable unbelievable how they had it They were remarkable yeah you know they had family that of them that well, family that I had they had all family. The, well, family. The, family. family families so, one had a mother and a wife um, I remember the same well he died how he if he had to die, that's how he'd like to have done it all right and someone would say to me, "Hey, you okay,"
2: and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm
3: okay so
2: what what what's the number one question you get about nine eleven
3: i Obviously they say uh, people say that well, they had information on these guys, or they should have had information on these guys don't know. Air, you know, you go to take airline le- or airplane lessons or flying lessons and you say, I don't know how to land. I don't need that. That should tell you something. Right. That, 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 do you resent it? And I, I don't resent it. You know, I don't think anybody particularly didn't do their job. Sometimes one person hears something someone somebody hears something else. It, these are, you know, fake. It's just meant to be. But, you know, the great thing that came out of it was how close the country was.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah. You know, I remember it was late at night, I guess, on that night about 10 or 11 o'clock and nobody had eaten everything. was no way to go. Right. And there was a a, a black woman that had a box with McDonald's in it. And a guy Rick Arizosa, and I, he, he and I worked in 42 Engine together. And he said, Yeah, come out. And I said, Do you have any money? Because you don't carry money when you're
2: working. When well, you're working it's, a fire, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, what do you. And I thought, you know, he's probably one of the poorest people in the city. She's the first one down here with food. But you saw, after a lot of celebrities, uh, I remember Liz Taylor ran into her uh, the Friday into that night. She was walking around lost. Um, but it, it, it just, like, you, you couldn't spend anything. We, it, to go and eat, you had to go up, up, up around 20th, 14th Street, Hudson Street, somewhere up there, where there was, they were to let you below. People wouldn't take your money to oh, eat. Wow. Even the rest wouldn't take your money. Uh, you know, people anything you need, but- uh,
4: So that was, was probably- that... how
3: close the country yeah. came. Right. And now it's political. I don't know who's right, who's wrong, I don't care. But the way it's so divided today, it, 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 it learned anything from what happened it was how close the country was. You weren't Republican, you weren't Democrat, you weren't white, black, green, everybody pulled together. Right. And Twenty years later, it's all seat not torn apart, but it could be better.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think um, that I I do agree that was probably a silver lining in a horrible, uh, tragic event was that the country really did come together. Yeah.
3: Um, well, one of the questions I was asked. Oh, you know, more recently, was uh, do I have nightmares or anything like that? And I don't at all. Yeah, I mean, there are days where
4: it, I'll just think, sit and think about it. I remember one time saying, Did I really go? Was I really there? You know, it, 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 I knew I was, but I remember, were you
3: really there? And, you know,
2: do you watch any of the documentaries? I think with the 20th anniversary, there's a bunch more that came out, but do you, did you go visit the memorial? Did you watch the documentaries or is I've it something
3: that's never been, uh, people ask me that all the time. And we, we left in May and as we call it, broom clean, you know, that's nobody left, in the what we call then the is, mm-hmm. and out, and from that day, I've never been back. And, do you... Been...
2: and you will never go back.
3: I, I think I will, but if I do, I go by myself.
2: Okay.
3: You know, I, you know, to see those names, you know, like I say, I work with those guys, Uh, play golf, yeah, you know, everything, we get everything together and they're not here anymore.
2: Right. Hmm. Do you watch the documentaries or the movies about it? There's two I've, big ones now. I've seen
3: now. one or two, you know, Uh, I've seen the one about the fine and they, it, they came back to the firehouse that day. That was a French group.
4: They, they, you know what it was. There were people because I was at the union. I knew a lot of the news people mm-hmm. because
3: I did that. And people wanted they wanted to interview, And I didn't know. I didn't. I remember again came right. I said we were going back in the afternoon, and he was like, "I think it was him." And someone said that it was the Iranians, which was easy. Someone said, "Yeah, it was the Iranians. Do you think we should retaliate? Should we? Should we hit him with a missiles?" One of the news people said. I said, "You're gonna hit. You're gonna hit some poor guy walking behind a donkey in Iran. He had nothing to do with this, you know." So, and then it was good. The cops moved there. because they were when we went back. News people were all over the place.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah trying you know, to get the story. That, you
3: know, you're trying to do something. And, they got a camera coming over your shoulder, but I'm just, I'm glad, glad I was there because I don't know if I would have felt that I should have been there it and I wasn't. And, you know, you get all these crazy things, but, yeah. you know, I think about it and people ask me things like, do you, were there, do you think you could have done something? There's nothing that would happen to you. you know? Right.
2: But, well, Uncle Jack, I appreciate you sharing your story with us for... Yeah.
3: I, I don't, and you know that, I don't go around telling anybody about it at all, but somebody said to you one time, well, if people don't tell the story, will, they, will people forget? And I'm sure there's people who are a lot better at this than I am, you know?
2: Yeah, but yours is a real story. You were there. And I think, I think as you yeah. said, it's important to remember what happened that day and that we keep the memory alive um, so that people don't forget. And so I think this is a great way to honor the 20th anniversary.
3: You know who should be on it? all people, I mean, remember Rusty Staub, the baseball player?
2: Mm, not that good, in sports. The...
3: Yeah. Well, anyway, Rusty Staub had started the Police and Fire Widows Foundation. Oh, okay. And I was on that, because the original fireman was on the diet, so I had to burn some that. And he raised, he went all over the country on his own money, raised millions and millions of dollars. And we'd never, never tell, we wouldn't let you tell anybody. He, he only passed away about two years ago, a year ago. But he, over the years, he, he raised hundreds of million dollars to pay
4: for all these kids' college. And it, it's called the Police Fire Widow Fund. And it's all, all, all big people from
3: Wall Street. I think I told you that. Mm-hmm. He's married. Him. And uh, we wanted to call it the right, and he wouldn't let us put his name on it. He, oh, wow. he absolutely Nobody did more
2: than Rusty Scott. Yeah, um, and he, but a lot of people didn't advertise what they did.
3: So. Yeah, a lot. Of, but no one did more than he did. Nobody.
2: Well, Uncle Jack, you for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah.
3: Hope oh, I didn't bore
2: you. <laughs> no, I'm sure you didn't. And yeah. for all of our lovely listeners, you can find our most up-to-date information on Instagram at the Future Rich Podcast. And thank you for listening in to this 20th anniversary of 9-11 special segment.